everybody. Welcome to the Board Game Mechanics, episode 88. Our last episode, actually. So start thinking about which side of the feud you're going to be on, uh, because we're going to talk about games we won't play again. And there's a really good chance Jason and I won't be able to reconcile this one. So... Uh, <laughs> At any rate, start thinking about which side of the family you want to go to for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, uh, yeah, uh, episode 88, games we won't play again. But before we get to that, we've got to give you guys some zany banter, right? Yeah, let's do it. Maybe I should have you introduce yourself, too, for that one person who's brand new this week. <laughs> That's true. Hey, guys, what's going on? I am Jason. That's Jason. Uh, and if you're brand new, sorry you came in the last week of the episodes. Um, it's too bad. So <laughs> there's a whole back catalog. We'll we'll figure it out. Like one of us will get the podcast RSS feed and we'll continue that and the other person will get the YouTube channel and it'll it'll be okay. Like we'll figure it out. Like it'll it'll be fine, I promise. Um it is what it is. You know what's crazy though, Jason? I feel like probably people who listen to the podcast and people who watch our YouTube videos, the Venn diagram doesn't overlap that much to be honest. I don't think because the people who have come to us from like our YouTube channel, YouTube channel, um, go what podcast? And most people come over and go, oh, you guys do videos too. So uh, yeah, we do. Just be aware. Um, there's there's stuff happening, guys. So <laughs> that there is. Anyway, uh, very cool. Well, um, I don't know. How you been, Jason? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain. Well, I mean, I can't complain, but I'm not going to. Yeah, that doesn't do any good. Well, cool. Uh, I guess let's get at it. Okay, so first up on news is a game that I found on Kickstarter. All three of these are interesting little Kickstarter pieces. And the first game is called Furman, Sultan's Decree. And the only reason I put this on here is because it's a worker placement game. And it takes place as players being merchants, trying to gather resources to fulfill contracts and earn points. That's definitely my type of game. And... So I figured I needed to mention it. Um, the artwork's really nice. The board is really good looking for a, a nice little Kickstarter game. By the time this recording drops, there'll be one day left, and it's only $22 if you're interested in a light worker placement game. And it hasn't funded yet, so if you want this game and it's interesting to you, go check it out, give it some support, and maybe you can have it. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it, too, but it does look kind of neat. Uh, the next thing I have is from Elderwood. It's a new pocket-sized gaming box for D&D minis and dice. Uh, a lot of my friends play D&D. You play some kind of role-playing. I don't know if you do D&D, but you do Pathfinder or Starfinder or Space Finder, whatever it is. And <laughs> this box, there's space for seven dice inside, one mini. Uh, it also functions as a small dice tray, so on the side that doesn't have the dice in the mini, you can roll your dice in there and it'll keep it from falling on the table. There's six different art styles. They're $49, which seems like a lot, but it is hand, you know, made from elder wood and it's nice stuff. And when this recording drops, it has 10 days left. So if you like nice little things for your D&D, maybe go check that out. Yeah, I mean, like this one, I was like pretty in on it and thought it was kind of cool as I was reading through our show notes and thought, oh, that'd be convenient, really. Um, and then I saw the price and I was like, ah, maybe they can make like a plywood version of this and I'd, I'd be in. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty little. Like it really, it shows it in uh, somebody's hand. Like it's smaller than their hand, which kind of tiny. Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, the next thing is I'm going to have to get the bleep button out for this. And it's called critical parenthesis S parenthesis hit 
diarrhea dice. So critical S hit diarrhea dice. I'll let you fill in the blanks there of what that word is. And these are essentially D&D dice, but on the D20 of each set, instead of it being a 20, it's a poop symbol. So I thought that was funny to me. It made me laugh. So I needed to put it on here. There are six different sets, and I wanted to go over the set names. There's a brown set called Everyday Poop. There's a green set called Eat Your Greens. There's a yellow and brown set called Corn Poop. There's a clear set because it's called Constipation Poop, and if there's no poop, it'll be clear. There's Diarrhea Poop, which is like nasty yellow. And there's Witch Poop, which is purple. I don't understand the Witch Poop, but the dye looks really neat. So I wanted to talk about this. There's $17 for one set. Uh, has 10 days to go, and it has not yet funded, which is surprising to me because usually anything with minis or poop funds, so I'm surprised. I'm I'm out. Um. <laughs> Dude, you got to look at them. They're cool looking. The, the page, I, I looked at the page at work, and I was cracking out, out loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, okay, Jason, I mean, it's been good. It's been a good 88 episodes, and I don't know who your new co-host is going to be. I know mine is going to cover Madeira, like coming out with a Kickstarter, not the shit ice. I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah, I probably could have talked about that, but I thought this was more fun. I hope you do find a bleep button because that was real <laughs> slip there. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. Sorry, mom. Uh, yeah, Madeira came out too, uh, but I mean, like, whatever. It, that's true. It's, the dice on that just are like not covered in poop or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't, just, are there are there dice in that one even? Yeah, they're dice with just numbers. So instead of pips, it's just one, two, three, four, five, six. No, but no poop. No poop. Yeah, that's cool and all, but I'm not going to back it. And thought I'd mentioned that before previously, but maybe I didn't because it was rumored a long time ago. So yeah, we'll, it was. We'll pretend like I said it before if I didn't. I think we've mentioned it at least twice, but it's actually live now. So um, yeah, but that said. It does mean Jason's happy because now your stupid $100, ooh, look at my out-of-print game, is now going to be $15, and Jason can get one for 15 sweet smackaroos. Yep. They'll probably still sell it for 50 because that's the way that BGG works, but whatever. Yeah. You know what? I've decided, though, like, I'm not a board game collector. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm done collecting games. I'm going to be a board game player. And so... Yeah, I, I've been thinking more about that all the time. Like, how am I going to slim down my collection? And, like, what's my criteria for getting a new game, like, to stay in my collection? So, I've, I feel like I've been a collector for the last two years. And there's just games on my shelf that I'm like, yeah, it's good. But, man, there's just other games I'd rather play. And I think doing my top 100 is really what's kind of made me realize that. Like, I'm like, this game's so similar to this other one that I just way rather play. So, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure this one. I, I don't know, man. I've got plenty of other games that I would like to play, like, that are heavier and that weight. And I don't know. We'll see if this one makes it in the collection or not. I want it because I have all the other What's Your Game games. And I do like playing them. They're just so heavy and hard to get out. And I was looking at my top 100, and a lot of my top 20, I barely play that much just because they're so heavy. A little bit of a spoiler, but which is kind of sad. Yeah, uh, Quacks Quedlinburg is really tough to get to the table. <laughs> That's true. That's like the, the one exception. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, for real, I, I, you're exactly right. I mean, how many big, heavy games do you need? I own every Vidal Lacerda game, I think, practically, but like, I, it's tough to get them on the table. I love playing them, 
But yeah, I, actually, to be honest, kind of a shout out to Moonrat Media, I guess. They made this really awesome web series like called Bored with Life or something, but bored like board games. And like it makes me like it warms my heart because it's like I wish I had that game group where it was like we know every week we're going to get together on a weeknight or whenever and play these games. And like, I don't know, just I wish I had that. Like people are just too busy anymore. And like, it's just tough to get the same group together on a weekly basis. And I actually, we had a group where I live that met twice a month and that was awesome. And now that's totally gone away too. So I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I just wish that we could slow down as like human beings and just like enjoy each other. And like, I don't know, I'm just feeling kind of old today. Maybe that life just flies. It really does. I mean, you blink your eyes and a decade of your life is gone. So I guess spend more time playing board games because that's really the way to cherish it. I, I don't know. Maybe not. But <laughs> I, yeah, it's uh, it's something that like it's just I don't know. I'm envious of people who have a really good, reliable group that like makes time for each other and cares for each other. And just I don't know. I, I'm looking for that. So I've got some kernels of that. We'll see if I can get it put together to, I don't know, and enjoy. You keep getting your wife to do top 20 list. You're going to have an, a game night every night. I hope so, man. Um, I know that'd be awesome, dude. She's so like she'll never admit it, but she's so much more okay with games now. Like she's taking an interest in like quite a few games now, to be honest. So I don't know. I think it's mostly her being a good wife, but I think there's some stuff that she's like kind of more interested in, and I'm trying to do better with it. So like I know which games to play with her and which ones not to, you know. And right. like yeah. I know how to teach them better now a little bit. So um, I don't know, man. It's just this is uh, definitely news. I'm glad we put this in the news segment, but like. <laughs> Hey, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's an authentic feeling. I think, you know, I mean, when, I don't know when people leave us reviews, they don't talk about like, oh, their news is really stellar or, well, they do sometimes, but like not super often, or they just play the best games. They just talk about how, you know, we're kind of real. And I mean, like, I don't know. I think everybody kind of wishes they had a more reliable game group. I don't know. Like if you've got one, don't take it for granted, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was news. In news, Joel's suffering from chronic... <laughs> No board game group depression. That's that's totally unfair. Like actually, I uh, I had I had two really great dudes play games with me over the weekend, and we'll get to that when stuff we played. But I mean, like, it just I wish those guys were more reliable, like able to play. Not reliable, but like more available. The one guy's got two kids, and he's a single dad, and the other guy is like just just far enough away that it's uh, annoying to have to drive to each other's places. So I don't know, whatever, man. Um, all right, so I guess if my therapy session's over, what do I owe you, Jason? <laughs> Nothing. We'll just start talking about some games. How about that? All right, sounds good. So I did get to play some games this weekend, and you just said you did too. So I want to talk about a few that I played, and we'll jump right in. So the first game I played is from Zafty Games, and it's called Tricky Tides. This oh is boy. no. It, this is actually really good. It's a little uh, trick-taking game where you're using the trick-taking to determine turn order of who's going to move their ship around this little three by four grid to pick up different types of resources, put them on your boat, and then deliver them to a different island to complete contracts. And all the while doing that, you're going to maybe be moving some little monsters around that are going to manipulate some of the um, the cubes on the islands. You're also trying to collect. Each um, contract has a different monster. There's four different monsters. You're trying to get contracts that are your specific monster, and they're going to give you an extra three points for every contract that you fulfill. So you're trying to move around to get the cubes for your specific monster without other people trying to figure out what your monster is so they can stop you and all that. So it was enjoyable. It's a quick 
30, 45 minute game. Um, yeah, I liked it. So that's Tricky Tides from Zafty Games. Well, cool. Um, I was stuck in a well last week. And so, as you could hear from the podcast last week, um, I really baby Jessica in my life last week and fell into the well. <laughs> and um, that was a really bad episode to listen to. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I hope I fixed it this week. I actually have a backup recorder going right now. So, if it sounds bad still, then it really will probably be the last podcast. But uh, at any rate, uh, I I didn't get to play Tricky Tides. And that one sounds like it looked cool. I saw a picture of it. It looked like it was a decent little family weight dish game. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's a good, a good, yeah, family game. It was really fun. Well, speaking of family games, uh, I played Viral, which is uh, about the lightest area control game you can find, I think. Um, basically, in this game, you have a human body with different organ systems in it, and you're playing as these viruses, and you're trying to inhibit different organ systems. And so you basically pick a pair of cards. One card is your actions card. And you do like between, I don't know, two to four actions on a card, which include like infecting or moving your virus or becoming immune to treatment. And then you pick an organ. So like you can say like, hey, I'm going to pick the stomach. And sometimes there's not even an infect action on that card. Sometimes it's a attack other viruses card action. So you'd pick, you know, like a stomach and then probably an infect because most of them are infect. So you add viruses to the board. You can also have them flip over to the other side where they're like defense. They, de- they defend against uh, like immunizations and stuff. And so it's area control. You score every body system at the end of every card play. I, you play two pairs of cards. And so you add roughly two viruses to the game, to the board, um, or move them around or a little bit like that. And then you score and you keep, keep, you do six rounds of that. Um, but you, you score. And when you score, you not only score some points, but you score like attention kind of. So it's like the doctor, the doctor's office is starting to make notice of you. They're starting to research you. And so, uh, you move up on this like immunization track. And if you get to the top of the immunization track, then you have to wipe all your viruses off the board unless you've gone to the defensive side. So it's kind of a real light, um, area control game. Um, the, there's some clever bits in it where you, how you have to move using certain pathways and veins and stuff. Um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not a huge fan of area control games, to be honest, but, um, this one I'm going to at least play again before I I put it in the garage games and trade it away. So that was viral by arcane wonders. Um, pretty okay game. I mean, I know some people really like it. I'd give it probably a six, um, which means, you know, I'd play it. It might be worth hanging on to. Yeah. You know, it seems cool to me, but I, I don't know. I just think the artwork looks weird. I can't get past the way it looks. It looks like a cartoon. It is for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I I know it's area control. I don't love that. But every time I look at it, it's like, eh, I don't know if I want to play this. The the first board was actually a photograph of like a dissected body with like the organ systems on it. And like it wasn't super family friendly. So they were like, eh, maybe not. So so they that's not true, Jason. I just thought that, you know, that's not true. I figured as much. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure that people at home understand that. I already said a curse word on this episode. So maybe, <laughs> maybe don't talk about splitting human bodies in half. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. So viral by Arcane Wonders. It's a six out of 10. Cool. Uh, the next game I want to talk about is probably one of the heaviest games that I've played in a long time. And it's from Board and Dice and it's called Trismegistus. Yeah. So I played that with Katie, two players, and this is like a mixture of Newton, Zolkin, Grand Austria Hotel, and Teotihuacan all wrapped up in one. All the heaviest parts of those games all wrapped up in one. So everybody's taking on the role of a scientist 
you're using these dice to get different types of essences and raw materials like tin, copper, silver, all that stuff. And you're trying to transmute those materials into different materials to complete these experiments to score a bunch of points. And when you complete experiments, you're going to unlock these formulas that are essentially little special one-time abilities that are going to go on your board to help you try to develop the Philosopher's Stone. And you're trying to do all that over three rounds. You're going to draft three dice each round. So you're taking nine total dice actions with a possible potency, which means action potential of each die of five. It's a lot. It's super easy to play, but every decision is like 15 minutes. Like it has a lot and a lot of decisions that can be made, but I enjoyed it. It's nice and heavy. It's beefy and good game. So that's Triz Majestus. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a heavy game because when I saw you had it on the table, it looked good. But then I looked at the box and I was like, this box looks ridiculous. Like it has like an old man, like wizard on the front of it, right? Or something. Yep. Yeah. If that's Triz Majestus, I guess. Oh, um, but I was like, this has got your real Kalis, uh, Hansa Teutonica, <laughs> like every game with, dude on the front. Every game with an old guy on the cover is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, no, it looks, it looks, it actually looks pretty cool. Um, like the board looks like a tabletop itself. Like I had to take a double take on it and I was like, wait, is this like got like little coasters in it that you use like Azul or something? But it's like the whole board I think has like little coaster looking things on it. And it's pretty neat looking though. I, I think, yeah, you're probably like one of 50 people in the United States to play it or something. So yeah, pretty cool. And yeah, just as a side note, the board of this game is kind of superfluous. It, it just holds dice and it takes up like half the table. So, like, you maybe will cut out the little coasters and just set them on the <laughs> yeah. table. You can seriously just set out the coasters, put them next, to, put the cards next to the coasters, and be done with it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, Jason, I I may have seemed like I wasn't super enthused about viral, um, and it's because I'm not because like I'm getting rid of all my board games. Um, I'm only gonna keep one because it's all I need. And <laughs> yep, that's what I've heard. Uh, let's let's get ready for this, guys. Wow. That was not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Aren't those things labeled? <laughs> yeah, but they're like, they're weird little pictures. So. Oh, I, I got you. <laughs> All right, so we're ready now. Uh, I played... I played... <laughs> tapestry! Um, no, it, it really is good. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. Uh... Is it like burn your board games good? Uh, no, probably not. Um, is it my favorite Civ building game for being a Civ building game? No, probably not, honestly. Um, but is it a really good game? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's really good. My, <laughs> I played it with my son and, uh, we played it in like half an hour. Like we just flew through it and, um, at the end of it, he was like, huh, that wasn't too bad. And then like, I, I was getting ready to like say goodnight to him and I go, so where would you rate that game? I was like, well, probably a 10 is my favorite game. I was like, whoa, that's interesting. Um, so after one play, he like really loved it and I really like it too. Um, I'm going to have a review of this up probably this week. If I can get, I want to get at least two more plays in. I played it twice now. Um, I think I'm gonna play it solo once and then I want to play it. I want to try and get a three player game in of it before I do a review. So, um, it's really good. Uh, and it's really swingy. I know that's what people complain about, but like if you can't handle a card that's powerful in a game, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like play, play, 
I don't know, checkers or something. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely got cards that are like super powerful and you have to figure out how to respond to those. And it definitely has factions that are more useful, it seems, than others. Some really require a lot of finesse to play. Um, but it's a really simple civ building game where there's not really a whole lot of civ building. I mean, it's really an engine builder game and, um, 100% what, what's happening in that. And it takes that part of like Clans of Caledonia and Terra Mystica where you uncover icons as you build things and does it really in a streamlined, sleek way. It has this cool building rows and columns thing going on. It just has a bunch of really neat things going on in it. And, um, I don't know. It's a puzzle that I want to solve. And you know, a game's good when you dream about it. So like I played it and then I went to sleep and I dreamed about it that night. So I mean, um, I don't know. It's, it's really, really good for sure. Um, and I think what I'm going to say in the video and you guys get a sneak peek on this is I think the reviewers that are looking at it right now are trying to compare it to civ building games. And that's like trying to say that Mario Kart's not a good game because it's not Gran Turismo. Like, I think this isn't a civ building game. I think it's, a Civ themed game, but it's really an engine builder. Um, it, it just feels so much more like just your basic engine building game where you're trying to make decisions to maximize that you can do more stuff. And the theme of the civilization builder works, but it's not super present. And that's fine. I mean, like, I like, I like Mario Kart a ton. It's a fun game to play. It's super light. You can play it with your family. I like Gran Turismo too, but they're just super different games and they're both racing games. And this one's a Civ game and so is Clash of Cultures and so is Nations and so is Through the Ages. And this one, to me, is my favorite tabletop Civ game probably at this point. Overall as a game, it's not my favorite Civ game as a Civ game. So, um, and then even then, I think Civ games, I'm starting to be more like, if I'm going to play a civilization building game, maybe I'll just play it on the computer, you know? So, um, I don't know. I really like it quite a bit. Review coming this week. And I mean, like, it's super good. It really is. I don't know that it's up to the hype, like, of we're going to have to build a new separate board game geek sub subsection just for tapestry or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it did have insane amounts of hype, and I think it was hurt by that a little bit. Yeah, after, I did actually watch some stuff on this, and it looks like you're just moving stuff on up on tracks, and I like that. So this may be one that I want to give a go. It's it's pretty good, man. And I don't know. Like, the other thing, too, is, like, we're kind of faulting Jamie, Jamie Staggs for being good at his job. I mean, he marketed this game brilliantly and built so much buzz and generated so much heat for it that, like, it was the hotness number one for, like, two months before it shipped. So, and then he didn't make us wait two years to get the game. Like, that's something that I really admire about this is that he was like, hey, game, here's some components from it. And guess what? This thing ships in three weeks. And it's shipped in three weeks, and it's here. So, I mean, like, that's amazing, too. So, I don't know. Um, pretty cool. Like, the one thing that people aren't mentioning about this game in reviews that I think is super cool, and I mentioned it to you, is your player boards are, like, fine-grade sandpaper. Like, they're just – they're really, really good player boards. And then your rubberized pieces just stick to it. It's like Velcro. Like, they just stick to it, and they don't slide – and so there's no need for like a recessed board or anything because it's like basically where you stick stuff, it stays. And it's really cool. So anyway, uh, Tapestry, very good game. I mean, I don't think everybody, anybody's ever said that Jamie skimps on production. So I would expect nothing but the best there. I think you literally just said it. But like, I think you said it in the context of saying no one's ever said this. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. I did say that. No, 
I mean, like, I, I get some crap in a little chat we have where I said Stegmaier games are about all I need, man. And it's not because they're the best games, but he's got games all over the place and they're all really good. Like, if you want a good family weight plus game that does worker placement, you got Viticulture. If you want an engine builder, you got Wingspan. Now, if you want kind of a, like, lighter Civ game or engine building game, you got Tapestry. I mean, like, there's just a bunch of games. Euphoria, a great game. Um, just... All of them are really good games. And then Scythe. We like forget about Scythe now, or I do. And that game's like, it was my number one game for a couple of years. So I don't know. There's just a really good catalog of games there. And it's almost to the point where his stuff is insta-buy for me. Like, I just like what he does. So, uh, and it's not just because he was on our show. And it's not just because I'm a huge fanboy. Those things do definitely contribute. But I mean, like, I don't know. I just really like his stuff. Yep, I agree. Isn't that funny? He was on our show in like episode 18 when... <laughs> We were on episode 18 still. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, funny. That is pretty funny. If you go back and listen to that episode, he, you just see how nice of a person he is. Like, he's like, you can definitely tell. Like, you can read his mind. He's like, are these guys, what is wrong with these guys? Like, what? what? <laughs> Who sold microphones to them? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he is super nice. So he's so, so nice. Uh, super nice. Uh, so anyway, Tapestry, I've rambled on about it long enough. Look for a review. Hey, Jason. Yeah. You ever had that thing where you play a game and then you're like, you know what? I'm not into it. I'm not going to play that one again. And you just won't. Um, I have had that. Yeah. We're going to talk about that this week. So um, some of these games on my list are things I played once and I was just so like, I had such a bad time playing the game that I was like, no, never again. Um, Some of them are things that like, I just think there's big flaws with the game. And so I'm just like, ah, I, I just think the game's flawed. I played it a lot and I think it's flawed and I don't need to do that anymore. And some of them are just things that I think are dated that people still want to play and there's just better versions of them out. So um, those are my games. Your games, unfortunately, are all excellent games that you just don't understand. So, um, <laughs> well, maybe not the first one that I'm talking about. I don't know if you played that one. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't know if anyone has. <laughs> I have (laughs) once. Uh, That's true. (laughs) So here's the one where Jason wants to punch me through the microphone. Um, I just don't like this game, man. And I, I, it just, I had such a bad time playing it that I don't know. And I think it's like a flaw in the game that maybe I was exclusively got to experience um, or couldn't figure out how to overcome. And I'm, Oh, I'm positive. If you are critical of something, people love to give you all kinds of comments about how you're dumb. So let's hear it comment away about how I'm dumb, but like Bargain Quest um, is a game where you're drafting cards and you're trying to match up the symbols of these cards to try and like get gear. And like there's sets of symbols on the gear, right? I'm trying to remember the game even. Yeah, so each hero has a certain color or maybe two and they can only use equipment of that same color. So you're trying to draft cards and get that colored equipment in your window to attract them to your store and then you're trying to sell them equipment that they can use to fight the big monster. Yeah. Right. So, so my thing was, um, I would, it would be a red and a green thing that we were trying to, you know, like attract and I would get like a handful of yellow cards and I'd be like, Oh, awesome. This worked out really great for me. And then we'd hand the cards off and I'd be like, Oh, cool. Now more yellow cards for me and now more yellow (laughs) cards. And, and then the other thing too, is like, I would try and go for a pair and then your turn order really matters. Like your initiative for like trying to get people to come to your store. So I'd have like the set of cards that I was like banking on getting the, the hero to come by or whatever. And, uh, and then basically like 
the person to my to my uh, you know right would have the same cards, and they'd be like, "Hey, guess what? You're not getting this guy." So then I'd be kind of screwed. And like I kind of figured out by the end of it, like I don't know, like just maybe don't try for the good stuff and try for the bad stuff because you have bad luck. I don't know. Um, I I probably should play it again to be honest, to be fair to it. But I just had a bad enough experience with it that I don't enjoy it. And I know a lot of people like this game. I don't I don't judge you. Like that's cool. I mean, you do you, but. Um, there's just other drafting games I'd rather play. And, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I guess you, you kind of argued that's the nature of drafting games is that you're going to get hosed. So, and that's probably true. Yeah. So anyway, bargain quest from me. Yeah. I, I've played this game probably three or four times, maybe five. And each time there, I mean, there can be one person like that, but if you put certain stuff in your window, it can be mitigated. You may still have a couple rounds where it's not as fun as it could be, but I haven't seen anybody actually... Well, other than you, <laughs> get completely blown away. So it might have just been a super bad card draw for you that time. What? And it felt like a runaway leader thing, too, kind of. Like, once you get a few that give you, like, extra perks, like, then you have perks, and other people don't have those perks. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, just like... I can see yeah, that. I, I mean, it's valid criticism. I mean, I haven't seen it a ton, so it doesn't bother me that much. And it's just, a you know, the whole game's kind of random anyway, so it doesn't particularly bother me. I think I'm more cool yeah. with random than you are, so... Well, and I mean, like, to be honest, this game isn't, like, a take-yourself-real-seriously-like thematic game. Correct. It's, like, a real goofy little game, and it's on all the hotness lists at every convention when an expansion comes out, so I know people love it, so I'm in the minority, but that's okay. I'll be in the minority. Yeah, Rado doesn't love it either, so you're in good company. (laughs) Rado. Rado's my dog. He said (laughs) Tapestry's in his top ten of all time now, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. All right, so the first game I want to talk about is an abstract game. Um, it's an abstract game that's not just two players, it's four players. It's from Rather Dashing Games, and it's called Element. Um, I don't know how much you know about this game, but in this game, each player's... It's a two to four player abstract <laughs> game is what I know about it. That's true. So in this game, you have your little monk, like a Shaolin monk type guy. You're moving him around this board, and you're drawing elements out of a bag. So there's earth, fire, wind, and water. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to surround other people's monks with certain elements. But each element, when you put it on the board, it acts in a particular way. So, like, water will link up with other water and get longer lines and maybe make it easier to block off sections of the board. Fire will spread. Earth blocks spaces on the board, so you have to jump over it with your monk. So, you're trying to block in everybody else's monk so you can score points, all the while watching out so you don't block yourself in when you play elements down. This is, uh, one, I don't like abstracts. Two, this is like the heaviest rules abstract game that I've ever played. And I think that doesn't do it any favors. Usually if I play an abstract, I want to play like Onitama that has two rules. And then you get plan and move on. And this is not like that. So this is a pretty heavy abstract game with a lot of rules overhead. And it's just not something that I feel like I need to try again. So that's Element from Rather Dashing Games. It does look nice, though. It's a nice looking game. I just don't want to play it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but you lost me at abstract. I could see where this was one that you had high hopes for because it had like some of your favorite things. Like it had monks, which are right below nobles, and draw- <laughs> and drawing stuff out of a bag. That's so, I true. Mean, it did, yeah, I did actually say that. I was like, "Ooh, I get to draw stuff out of the bag." <laughs> I do love that. Yeah, so I don't think I I don't feel like I'm missing out based on what you just said. Um, yeah, well, cool. I'm glad we don't have to play this one at the next board game con. Or ever. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Jason, um, you know that very good game that we all love called Risk? 
where like <laughs> one guy turtles up in Australia and, and ends up winning every time. Yep. Because nobody wants to go in through Indonesia and get blown away to try and and he just gets those three armies and counts on us all fighting each other. Yep. While he turtles up there. Um so imagine that game, but now all of a sudden you're sticking stickers on certain continents, and if you win, you get to power up the areas that you started in, and now there's no longer a random starting thing. Like, you automatically start in a certain spot. Um, yeah, Risk Legacy. Like, basically this game had, like, you put stickers and scars on the board, so certain places got nerfed and made worse, and some got made better. And so my experience with this game was so bad. They made this game so broken, and I, like, seriously, I, I rage quit in the middle of a game and was ready to flip a table. Like, it is the most angry I have ever been at a board game ever, and it's not even close. Um, the group I was playing with was a group of guys that I kind of knew but didn't know that well, and they were all, like, super threatened or didn't trust me. Like, I was like, man, you guys, we got to go after Australia because he's going to get super powerful because every time you win, you get to make your area more powerful and buff it up and if you lose or whatever you get nerfed and so i'm like by the design of risk itself i feel like australia is a little more powerful than it should be and that being able to turtle up in there is really powerful so we got to do something here and not let him just win a bunch of games and they're like we don't trust you we trust him and like he was a friend of everybody's but he like kind of like i don't know was he had moved away and then moved back, so people were weren't like super acquainted with him at the time, and so they weren't they weren't interested in fighting him. They just were interested in wiping me out. Like I was like, listen, I'm trying to just hold South America here, so I can like build up an army and go fight this dude and, and like whatever. So um, they all thought I was really trying to screw them, and this guy kept building up, building up, and building up like Australia. And finally, I quit about five games, and I was like, man, I'm not going to play this anymore because it's so broken. Like you basically guys gave him the game by like letting him just do this and they like took it as like me doing something really personal like i didn't even know this dude and they were like why do you hate him i'm like i don't you guys played this game so badly that it's unfun now so i'm getting angry just talking about it right now and like <laughs> i seriously will never play that again and if i could i would go and like i'm, I'm angry enough i would probably punch the guys in the belly like that like didn't play the game any better than they did and i'd burn that game i would burn it into ashes so that's risk legacy Played very poorly, very, very poorly. And it's the start of this whole legacy junk thing that we have now anyway, too, which to me is a real blight in our industry. Like, I'm not a fan of in, of legacy games, to be honest. Like, I like Charterstone okay, but like all the rest of them were like, hey, good luck finding the same people to play this game with and then trying to remember the rules and where you're at with all these rules. Oh, and you can't look up the rules online because nobody wants to spoil the game. So good luck. And like Risk Legacy was the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, I have no desire to play this one, but I have played a pile of Risk over my life, and I enjoy Risk a little bit, but I don't like Legacy, and I heard that this one was really mean, so I was automatically out. Just get that good, good charcoal lighting fluid, pour it all over that game, and just burn it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of burning games, um, the next game I wanted to talk about is from Simon, and it is called Gizmos. Listen, the first person who sends me a video of someone burning a copy of Risk Legacy, like if we ever do like exclusive Patreon content, like you have a lifetime membership, okay? Like I will remember that you did that and I will love you forever and I will hug you at every con and you get a lifetime Patreon membership, okay? <laughs> so uh, bad. That would be I hate awesome. It. Uh, you can talk about Gizmos now because I'm not. My ears are shut. I'm not even listening, and I won't even be mad that you're talking bad about my sweet, sweet baby Gizmos. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate. I don't even hate Gizmos. <laughs> you hate Risk Legacy. I just don't want to play so much. I want to tear it in half. 
<laughs> I just don't want to play Gizmos anymore. So Gizmos is a engine building game. Um, the reason I don't want to play it is the times I've played it, it feels like you never have time to build up an engine because somebody's just running through those level ones, getting 13 of them or however many you need, and the game's over. Every single time I played this, which is twice, that has happened. I've had like three engines or little gadgets, gizmos, whatever, and then the game is over. Like I, That is not fun to me. If I'm going to play an engine builder, I want to actually have a chance to build my engine. So that's my beef with gizmos. It looks nice. The marbles are cool. All that's nice because Simon does good jobs, but I just don't want to play it, and that's gizmos. You start like formulating your strategy, and then all of a sudden players turn on you, and like you can't even hold your <laughs> countries anymore. Like, and they they totally change the rules, and it's uh, like I don't even I couldn't account for that. So I, whatever. Um, yeah, just like that. <laughs> hate that game, uh, Gizmos, Jason. I I don't hate it. I think it's a good game. I think it's a perfectly okay game. Um, but guess what? I kind of was trying to give you give you some heat about it today, but I got to tell you something. I won't play it either. Um, ever again, because a game exists called Wingspan that makes this game totally useless. Um, this game does a quarter of what Wingspan does and is half the fun. And it's just, it's like children's Wingspan. Like, honest to goodness, they should paint birds on the marbles and call it Wingspan Jr. <laughs> I mean, like, it just, it, it feels like a children's game, especially compared to, like, the fit and finish and, like, just how much of a masterpiece wingspan is. So I get gizmos like why you hate it because that whole race thing is really what it is. And, um, I don't know. I think there's ways around it to beat that. And if you really talk to a real gizmos nut, like they probably know strategies to on how to beat those like one layer cards. But like, I don't know, like I don't care enough to try and figure it out myself and I just won't play it anymore. So not a great pick because I don't think it's the worst game in the world personally, but a great pick for you because you do. And I won't play it anymore either. So I actually don't think it's the worst game in the world. I actually wasn't going to. Element. I actually Rather wasn't. dashing games, Element. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was actually not. I almost thought about taking Gizmos off before I we started recording because I wanted to put another game on here. But I kept it off and I let, stayed with Gizmos. So Well, your, your last game on here, like, to be honest, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're nuts. Like, that's like a top 50 game for me. So... Okay, take a deep cleansing breath. <laughs> I got that Risk Legacy dander worked up still. Yeah, so I'm done talking about Gizmo, so you can move on from I, Risk yeah, Legacy. Yeah, you know what? I might be muking my, muking, muting my mic when you talk about your last game. So, <laughs> <sighs> Okay, anyway, uh, my, my last one. The only reason why I don't want to play this one anymore is because it's just so hard to explain to people. Agreed. And it's... Like people, people are talking about how abstract tapestry is like, well, it doesn't really feel like you're building a civilization. Like what the crap? What is seven wonders then? It's like symbols on cards. Like it's nothing to do with building a civilization. There are people on the cards carrying things. Come on. <laughs> but it's okay. Cool. My army is big. Whatever. So seven wonders is mine. I, it was a cool game when it came out. It was a cool game for its era. Um, it plays seven people. That's kind of cool that you can play a lot of people with it, but there's no reason to play this game anymore. Like this is just a game that has become old and it's become like unnecessary. And I know some of the expansions make it better and I know it's a classic and people just love it, but there's better drafting games out there for certain. So, um, yeah, I mean like I, I don't know the bargain quest is better than it, but I mean like, I don't know, just that core element of just i'm taking cards and passing this thing around 
like was brand new when this came out or really new. Like I think fairy tale maybe was the first one to do it, but, um, or actually magic, the gathering probably was like those guys figured out how to do booster drafts way back. What about no- but- Notre Dame? Oh yeah, that's fair. Is that older than this? That's 10 years old, 15, 11, something like that. Yeah. Seven winners is close. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. You, you might be right, but I mean like card drafting, that's all this game is. It's like card drafting the set collection game. And then it's just, it's so weird that too, like, I don't know. There's just, just these weird little gimmicky things that if you don't pay attention to six other players, players can kind of run away with like weird points stuff. And I don't know. I get it in dual kind of confused sometimes. I know at this one, you can't necessarily have an automatic win condition by getting all the symbols, but if you get all the symbols, you might as well consider an automatic win. Cause you get like, a bajillion points you get like five times five points or something so i don't know there's just a lot of stuff going on this game and if you're playing with people who aren't good like someone across the table from you you can't impact them i mean you can't really hate draft them they're going to get plenty of other cards to you know like try and build up their tableau and so i don't know just better games out there that do drafting this one just feels a little old it's uh, a little hard to explain too to be honest i mean just all the different sets of cards that can go together and just different combinations of things just it takes a long time it takes as long to explain this game to new players as it does to play it so uh seven wonders bye-bye yeah that's totally why i got rid of it i was trying to use it as an intro to drafting game and every single person that i played with outside of people who had played it before just struggled picking up on it and it took 30 minutes to teach less than that to play you always had to explain the science scoring like a hundred times. How many is this worth? It's worth two times the or it's it's, it's however many you have squared. squared so if you have yeah. six, you're multiplying it by six. <laughs> it's just it's over and over and over repeating the same rules. It's just like it got old, so I got rid of it. I kind of enjoy it, but if I'm going to play a drafting game for intro people, I'm just going to play Sushi Go. Way less to explain. Plays the same kind of. You're collecting sets of things and passing cards around. And I'll just be done with it. So I agree with you on this one. I don't like Sushi Go, but I'd way rather play it with like new players than this one. Oh, yeah, and for sure. the only reason why I'd play either of these games is because there's people who are new to drafting. So, right. And even then, there's better like entry level drafting games, in my opinion, too. So, um, anyway, next week on episode 89, Joel and Jason go over their favorite entry level drafting games. And I guess I'm just saying that's next week because I can't think of anything <laughs> off the top of my head. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to look that up. I don't know. I mean, I still there's drafting games I definitely like more than this one. And Sushi Go does a better job of introducing people to it than this one, too. So Agreed. Um, anyway, go ahead, Jason, and finish this podcast with your blasphemy. <laughs> All right. So uh, the last game I wanted to talk about is, and I may actually play this one again. I kind of do want to give this one another shot. But as of right now, you're the only person I know that has it. So unless we play it at a BGM kind, I don't have to worry about it. And that's Downforce by Restoration Games. And Wow. I, did you hear that? <laughs> That was like 5,000 people clicking off a podcast at the same time. (laughs) Well, let me explain what I don't like about it. This game got so much love, and I watched so much stuff on it. Everybody's like, man, Downforce is amazing. It's a fun racing game. It's got some fun mechanisms. Okay, so I, I gave it a go. You have a hand of cards. You're playing a card. You're moving your card. Your car. That's the game. It's roll and move, but without dice, you're using cards. That is it. That it, I don't know. It just wasn't that interesting to me, and I didn't enjoy it. So that's downforce. I don't feel the need to play it again, but I would give it another try because maybe I misjudge it and I'm being unfair. I'll give it another try. <laughs> uh, um, so the, the nuance of this game that I really like that I guess 
Um, hmm. I guess the nuance of this game that I think you need to play it maybe more than once to get is the fact that like every card, they're all balanced. So if you played every card in this, all the cars and all the cars weren't blocked, they'd all go the same amount of spaces. So like every car ha- has the same number of movement in that deck. So it like mitigates the dice thing, which people like, but then also it's about positioning in the order you resolve the cards. So like you have to pick the right cards to get your car past certain funnels and bottlenecks to get it in front of the pack. But then also you have to figure out when are you going to do that? Because if you play the really high cards early on and get out super far in front of everyone, then you're going to sputter out because you basically don't have enough like big cards to keep going. So um, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool how it does that. Um, and then I don't, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, the player powers are cool too. Um, I would say it's my second favorite racing game um, with card driven mechanic with Flimmerish barely being it out, honestly. Um, but uh, even then Flimmerish is, is different, but I don't know. It's got some nuance to it with how you play the cards and stuff. And it's not, I mean, I don't know. I guess probably the hype is probably what killed this one as much as anything. But name a, name a better racing game than it. I, I mean, I don't play a racing game, so that's maybe uh-huh. maybe part of the problem. And again, it's not even that I did bad. I don't even think I lost. I got second no. or something or third. So yeah. it was average. So it's not that I like the I gambling thing too. Tainted. Like the, the gambling's fun. Like for sure. I, I just like that. You can bet on other people, not you. Um, and that's, that's really true. cool because you because you can be like, you know what? I have a ton of red cards left in my hand, and I'm not the red player, but I can gamble on red. So, um, yeah, I like that. That is that is nice. That was fun because you can pick who you want to win and then try to push them across the line if you're not going to win. Yeah, that's fun. All right, so Jason will play it once more before he burns my copy. <laughs> um, Correct. I would give this another try. Yes. There's so the crazy thing about this is there's people I play with who this is like literally their favorite game. They like ask to play it every time I play it. So it's just, it's one of those games. It's pretty polarizing, I guess. And there's, I know other people who hate this game too. Like I have that stupid home stretch game, which is die. It's like dice down force. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love that stupid game because it's just pure like luck and like just dumb. And if you go into just going, <laughs> this game is dumb and it's all pure luck and there's no way to really know who's going to win. Like, it's like real horse racing. It's really fun. I think I so, might actually like that better because I think the dice would just make it more random. But I felt like in Downforce it was trying to be a strategic game and I didn't feel any strategy. So maybe it's just me playing poorly, but it just – Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think you get the nuance though of the fact that like the cards balance over the course of the game yeah. and then how you can try and like play certain cards at certain times that may not be the best card to play for like you, but they will create bottlenecks for other players that are pulling away. Right. Like those kinds of things. Um, so those are some of the things you pick up on repeat plays. But then also, um, I don't know. Think about other racing games out there. Jamaica is way worse than this game oh, in my opinion. I totally agree. <laughs> and that, why didn't that make either of our lists? I don't know. I, I think because I just don't care about that game enough to want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Well, on the podcast, Mafia will come break our knees if we talk bad about Jamaica. <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, uh, you could count Istanbul as a racing game, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Because you're trying to be the first person to get five gems. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of games where it's like you're racing to do something. But like uh, racing on a racetrack, I guess, I mean, like Formula D, I don't like better uh, than this. Formula D is worse than Downforce. Uh yeah, I mean, and Flim Rouge is probably as good, maybe a little better, because it has that whole exhaustion card mechanic, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the tracks aren't as interesting, probably, is my thing. But I haven't played Peloton, so maybe that makes it better. I don't know. All right, so so, so I'll get I'll get rid of Downforce, and I'll put in Formula D here. No, you keep Downforce, Jason. You, you do your heart. I'm going to put Downforce right. slash Formula D, because that might be worse. I forgot about that game. <laughs> 
All right. Fair enough. And I'll I'll put Bargain Quest slash Sushi Go because I don't like that game either. Uh, I, I like Sushi Go. It's fun. Hey, you know what game I had on here, Jason, that I took off? So this is my olive branch for you, okay? All right. I had the cherry tree that blows and isn't fun <laughs> for one year. I was going to ask you if you were going to put that on here. Uh, but I, I I need to try that one more time, probably. The funny thing is, two of these games came from that same BGM con, and that would have been three had you put that on here. <laughs> That's a bad so game. So it would have been thing. Bargain Quest, Downforce, and The Legend of the Cherry Tree if you put that on here. Yeah, that would have been a bad BGM con, man. <laughs> we, we got an upcoming BGM con, which is kind of cool, um, at like a neutral site. So that's kind of awesome. Um, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, it's true. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I Man, I don't know that I'm going to get much played this weekend because I've got to get caught up on some reviews and stuff. So we'll see. And I want to give a shout out to Scott Chrisley for letting us stay at his house while we were in PAX. Oh, that's amazing. He, he didn't really. I'm just trying to coerce him into it. Well, <laughs> Scott's a nice dude. He might let you, he might let you uh, like borrow his tent and sleep <laughs> under the mud monster. <laughs> In Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mud Monster, but Mr. Rogers has a statue in, in Pittsburgh that's like this creepy Mud Monster <laughs> version of Mr. Rogers. That's awesome. That should that should be the image for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it. Oh, man. We have some great friends that are fans, um, and Scott's one of them. Uh, so shout out to Scott, man. I don't know if he gets enough Scott shout outs, but that dude's pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. He He's always chatting on, on our group and, and the Riveted and always making me jealous with his awesome pictures. My favorite thing about our podcast is like we get like literally thousands of listens a month and we still mention our our people in our playgroup by names. So like people are like, oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Michael and Jeremy and uh, Ben and these guys like it's kind of like I don't know. It's like we have uh, like a like Howard Stern cast of characters here, like the people that are on the show, but like we just still reference. So we this is the only time we'll ever get compared to Howard Stern and. I don't know why I just did that, but anyway. <laughs> well, we did. You did drop a curse word at the beginning, so that's kind of Howard Sternish. Whew, that was that was a Sternian <laughs> word I just dropped. Uh, How- Howard Stern is the king of all media, and I feel like we're the king of all um, amateur, freeform, poorly made podcasts. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. You're really nice for listening still at this point. And uh, we we really do love that you guys uh, share our stuff and that you hang out with us. And uh, I've been Joel and keep gaming. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming.